You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Thank you. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on. Come on. I think we need to we need to act on the word we just had. I don't know about you. Which other moment are we waiting for? <laughs> that was the moment. That's a word from God. That's a word from God. That's a word. Let's demonstrate gratitude. Just praise God for insight. Praise God for revelation. Praise God for divine orchestration. Praise God for where you are and where you're going. Praise God for the things he has done that you have you are not even aware about. Things you don't know about. Things you have forgotten. Praise God for things that are right before you. That you are about to see. That you are about to hit. You are just some step away. From miracle. Lord, we're grateful. Lord, we're grateful. We embrace the spirit of gratitude. We embrace the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. That left, left heaven and came down to this complicated world. Yet he remained grateful. He remained focused. We embrace the mind of Christ. We receive this oracle, this prophetic word through your vessel. We download it, we install it into our system. By the power of gratitude, we activate the miracles that have been ordained for us. Yes, Lord, we embrace gratitude as the womb for the next level miracles. Yes, Lord. I wanted to just pray in the spirit. In the spirit of gratitude. We just had gratitude. It's a womb for miracles. Let's yield to that womb to bring forth everything that I've been waiting Everything that is stagnant, everything, oh God, has been hibernating, be activated. Everything that has been confusing, we receive clarity. In a place of weakness, we receive strength. Yes, Lord. We receive. That which you have ordained for us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Can we put our hands together for the Lord one more time? Let's celebrate the word of God. Hallelujah. God bless you. May please be seated. Now, I, I, I can just see why you remain strong. Why you remain constant. He says, uh, young ones, 
you are strong and you have overcome because the word of God is in you. When you hear this kind of word, you can't but be strong. And it's just such a joy, such a pleasure to be with you. You know, um, I bring greetings from, from every nation, Nigeria, realm of glory. And my wife was saying, Pastor Grace, who was here just uh, not too long ago. But she said, ask them, which button did they press? <laughs> they seem to have a button, you know, that makes things to be automated. The rest is history. Uh, we didn't dream fast enough. We should have known that uh, I wasn't going to do Thanksgiving in Lagos. I'm going to be here. Yeah, but just a joy, such a joy to be with you. I've been wanting to cut the moment here. I, I, di I didn't want you to get out of here before I come. <laughs> I want to experience it because I've been hearing what is going on. Yeah, I was with you on the other side. And now this is, this is a stepping stone to the real side. And it's Thanksgiving. So I know Thanksgiving, and we couldn't hear a better word. But for the few minutes we have remaining, I want to just again give a prophetic word. And the waves and the, you know, the momentum of the anointing that's just been set will launch the miracle. My message is the pronouncement. There is a glory to be revealed. There's a glory about to be revealed. There's a better way to say it. And the, the praise worship team captured it. One of the sisters at the point was speaking about a glory to be revealed. There is a glory to be revealed. And I was trying to connect with Pastor Eric to know how the prophetic message I've had will link with the Thanksgiving message. Then when he said, gratitude is the womb. I said, that's it. Can you say that out? It's a proclamation. Say, there is a glory about to be revealed. There is a glory that is coming. There is a glory that is being revealed. You want to put in another word. It's the revelation. Of Christ and his glory. It's all about him. And the first point I want to make. Is the fact that. The purpose. Of our existence. As individuals. As a child of God. As a church. As believers. The reason we exist is for the revelation of the glory of God. God is so much, is so awesome. He was looking for ways and means of expressing his glory in this realm. And it has to continue forever and ever. And the only thing he could think of is Make man and a woman. Make man in our image. As long as they, as they keep replicating, they will keep revealing our glory. Man is a replication of God for the expression of his glory. If you want to know what is God's purpose for my life, 
Why do we exist as a church? To reveal the next dimension of his glory. That's why I love the Every Nation mission statement. And during the announcement, we had it again. We exist to honor God by planting Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministry in every nation. We exist to honor God. In other words, we exist to show his glory. We exist to reveal his glory. It's not just about the glory we give him. It's the glory we receive from him that we express for people to see. Hallelujah. Psalm 50 verse 2. Such a powerful psalm. As if there are psalms that are not powerful. Don't mind preachers. <laughs> the one we wake up with is the one that is powerful. Psalm 50 verse 2. He says something like, Out of Zion, you will shine forth. Zion is the quintessential assembly, the structure of God's people in its best form, in its best state. Zion is the place where the saints in heaven and the saints on earth meet together. Innumerable company of angels, you know, spirit of just men made perfect. God the judge is there. Jesus the mediator is there. The blood of sprinkling is speaking better things. Can you say amen? Is the city of God is the new Jerusalem, not in Palestine, but in the realm of the spirit. And Hebrews 12 says, when you come to church, when you come to Christ, you've come to Mount Zion. Come on, say, we are in Mount Zion. Come on, say this, we say, I'm on the mountain top. But he says in Psalm 50 verse 2, out of Zion, he shines forth. So the reason for the gathering together of God's people, the reason for the assembly of the church, the, the, the purpose of the structure of the church is to show forth his glory. Is to shine forth. And Psalm 110, which is another messianic triumphant psalm, says, out of Zion the rod of his word will go forth. This is why I'm excited about the SOTV brokers. Because it doesn't matter where you move from and where you are and where you are moving to. One thing is happening. Out of Zion, the rod of his word is going forth. The devil couldn't stop that. Paul said the devil put me in prison, but the word of God is not in prison. He says, as a matter of fact, the prison have, have you know, activated the word and made the word to proceed further. So as far as Paul is concerned, I was concerned, it wasn't about his convenience. It's not about his comfort. It's not about ease. It's about, am I shining forth? Is the word going forth? Is the glory of God being expressed? Hallelujah. Is there a new glory coming out? Am I seeing a new glory? Am I showing even the prison officials? Am I blindfolding them with the glory of God? So it's about the revelation of Christ and his glory. In the Old Testament, he shined from Sinai 
in the New Testament, it shines from within us. It shines from the collection of believers. Before I leave that point, I, I need to connect you with this. In Revelation chapter 1, Revelation. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist, it's not the revelation of the beast. It's not the revelation of the dragon or the mark of the beast of the great tribulation. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, about Jesus Christ that he himself gave. From, he received from the Father. Anyway, in Revelation 1, something very powerful. After the initial introduction, John, the beloved apostles, he says something. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. When you are in the spirit, you've entered into the day of the Lord. Now that's serious. Because the day of the Lord is not a calendar day. It's a realm. It's a state. It's a realm of resurrection. It's a realm of the life to come. That's why when Martha said to Jesus, my brother will rise up on the last day in the resurrection to come. Jesus said, I am that day and I'm that resurrection. If I'm here, I brought that day here now. So when, when you yield to the spirit, what you do when you worship, and when you pray in the spirit, you enter, you live where you are geographically. You live the calendar dates and you enter into an age to come. So John says, my body was in the place of persecution, in the island of Patmos, a place of isolation, a place of deprivation. It was cold. It was lonely. It was painful. He probably was hungry. He was out of touch with loved ones. He says, but I chose to worship. As I worship and I got into the spirit, I discovered I've entered the lost day. In the spirit. And then he started hearing the voice. Say, I'm the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Just like pastor says, it's not over until I say it's over. I started until I say it's over. It's not over. You're not about to die. I'm about to give you a new beginning. He says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking. When I turned, I saw a structure. He says, I saw seven lampstands. In verse 20, at the last verse of Revelation 1, he says, that lampstand is the church. Is the mystery of the churches. Are you listening? But inside the lampstand that represents the churches, I saw one like the Son of Man, which is the Lord Jesus. Did you get a point? Jesus wanted to reveal himself to John to say it's not over. The power of life and death does not belong to the enemy. When they put a period, I start another paragraph. But to reveal to John, he took him into the spirit and he saw Jesus in the structure that represents the churches. The church is meant to reveal Jesus. The reason for the structure of the church as a lampstand is to reveal Christ and his glory. When we make it any other thing, we miss the mark. And to sin is to miss the mark. It's to miss the point. It's to miss the target. 
Did you get the point? Oh Lord, help us. Unfortunately, churches, many of our churches and ministries and giftings, in many cases, it's not seen as a means and a platform to reveal his glory. Some are revealing self, promoting self. There are churches now that you get inside, you can't feel Christ, you can't see Christ. You see man, you see the man, you see the woman. It's like there's an image of jealousy provoking Christ. There is an abomination that makes for desolation. They have taken the center of the temple. There was a someone asserting as if I am the one in charge. It's my church. That church is dead. Why is it alive? So, I hope if that is the only point I can make. We exist. To reveal his glory. The church exists. To reveal his glory. I think we should all. Borrow the words. Of this. Prosperous Greek. People. You know towards the tail end of Jesus' ministry. In John chapter 12. Towards the tail end of his earthly ministry. Earthly life. In John chapter 12 verse 20. The Bible says some Greek came to him. And this word. Elite entrepreneurs that were rich and powerful. They were like controlling the economy then. And they came and they met one of Jesus' disciples. In Revelation, I mean, John chapter 12, verse 20. By the time you get to verse 21, there's one thing they say. They say, Sir, we want to see Jesus. That's a message. God. They came. They saw the disciples. They saw the crowd. They saw the activities. They saw the excitement. They called one of the disciples. They said, Sir, thank God for everything going on. We came all the way to see Jesus. We didn't come for you to make us rich. We're already rich. We didn't come to get political connection. We're connected. We want one thing. God was speaking through Gentiles Greek to the people of God that the reason you are with Jesus, the reason you exist is to help others see Jesus. And it seems you're not getting it. I think we should begin to say, Sir, to ourselves, Ma, we want to see Jesus. But if we're not saying that, the world is saying that to us. They're saying we can see all the good stuff you are doing. We can see all you have achieved and all the success you are parading. But that's not what, it's not impressive for us. We have that and much more. We thought you exist to reveal the glorified Christ. Unbelievers, even when they don't speak. Sinners. 
Whether it's in your family context, you know, extended family, or where you work, or your neighbors, or wherever. When they come in contact with you, they say cry, they say yearning in their heart. We want to see Jesus. Because that's the only thing the world cannot offer us. Lord help me. Lord help me. That will lead me to the second point. The second point is heavy on my heart as the first one which I've overstressed. The challenge about the glory to be revealed. About Christ and his glory being revealed through our lives and through everything we do. The challenge about the answer to the world that is saying we want to see Jesus glorified. The challenge is that there are now many fake Christs. If it's that the church and believers are failing to reveal Christ and his glory, and there are no pseudo-Christs, there are no false Christs, you know, as inferior substitute, parading and promoting themselves and telling the world, you want to see Christ? These people, it seems they are busy doing some other stuff. This is a, this is a Christ. We can show you a Christ. Christ has been recreated. <laughs> so the world and sinners are not led by the devil without being given an option, a substitute, a replacement in the place of the real Christ. So that when the church, when believers are not conscious that we are meant to reveal the real Christ and his glory, the devil and his false Christ are just having a field day. Unchallenged. I wish you got it. Now, I, 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 I want to connect you with two scriptures in Revelation that will help you process this. It's not just Jesus in Matthew 24, 24. Matthew 24, verse 24, Jesus says, many false Christs will come. Did you hear that? I mean, you, you can't forget that. Say Matthew 24, 24. Yeah, yeah. So, it's easy to remember. Right? He says, one of the things that will characterize the climax of the age, many false Christs will arise. And they will be saying, I am Christ. A better translation says they will be saying, I am. They don't even have to put Christ. I am what you need. People just asserting themselves, whether in religious context or outside religion. Now, but Jesus also said in verse 4 of that Matthew 24, he said earlier, when they ask him, what will be the sign of the, of the end of the age? What will be the sign of your appearing or your presence? What will be the sign of all this uh, catastrophe you say is going to happen? He says, take it that you are not deceived. Because many false Christs will rise. Did you get the point? So the issue of false Christ was already established that it's going to become dominant as we progress in the world. But Revelation chapter 6, listen carefully. When the Lamb began to open the seal to reveal the mysteries of the ages. You know, in Revelation 5, 
the lamb was sitting on the throne. I mean, the God was sitting on the throne with a, with a scroll that was sealed with seven seals. And there was nobody found worthy to break the seal to reveal what is written inside. When the lamb, who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, who has prevailed, took the scroll and he was being worshipped as he broke the first seal in Revelation 6. Guess what came out first? A rider on a white horse having a bow but no arrow acting as a conqueror going to conquer and conquering a rider on a white horse no sword a bow no arrow that talks of manipulation and intimidation riding a white horse like an overcomer like a triumphant. You get the point? And going, asserting himself as a conqueror. And he's conquering. Some people have misinterpreted that to me. Oh, that's Christ. But that's a fake Christ. When you read the rest of chapter 6, what comes after him is death and hell and famine. So this is a fake Christ. Riding, riding a fake white horse has no sword but a bow without arrow but is conquering people through intimidation and, and manipulation. Did you get what I said? Where is the real Christ? Revelation 19. You got it! Revelation 19. John wanted to worship the angel that was revealing the glory of Christ and the things to come. He, the angel said, don't worship me. I'm just one of your fellow brethren. Don't worship me. Worship God. Because the testimony of Jesus is spirit of prophecy. As he began to worship God, verse 11, he says he saw heaven open. And he saw Christ himself. Riding a white horse with many crowns. The difference is, he's not alone. He has the armies of heaven. They're all riding white horses also. Hallelujah. The real Christ does not reign alone. Does not ride alone. This Christ, out of his mouth, was a two-edged sword. No bow, no, are you getting the point? And his name is faithful. His name is true. And the Bible says, he has another name that nobody knows except to whom he reveals it. And on his lap, and on his robe, is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah! But I just showed you, there's always a false Christ before the real Christ is revealed. So that if the church is not careful, we embrace a false Christ. The agenda of Satan, everywhere, all over the world, is to present pseudo-Christ. So when I say we exist to make sure that the real Christ and his glory is known and revealed. And we should reject every other glory that is not of the real crucified, glorified Christ. And say there is a real glory that's about to be revealed. I wish you God that. Come on, say help me Holy Spirit. Oh, I go to the last point. So this, this real Christ, and I want you to make probably 
with the permission of your pastor, with the approval, make the coming year, make your core agenda. Father, I want to see Christ revealed as never before. I want to see his glory. I know there is a glory yet to be revealed. I'm not satisfied with all I've, I've experienced. I'm not satisfied with all that has been paraded around. I want Christ and his glory. Hallelujah. Let that be your passion and your pursuit. This read Christ. Part of the difference with him. If you read Daniel chapter 9, uh, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, he rides on a white cloud. Here we go. He rides what? On a white cloud. Revelation 1, 7 says, he's coming on a white cloud. And even those who pierce him will see him. So the real Christ right on a white cloud. What is the white cloud? The white cloud of heaven. The cloud of heaven. Daniel says he writes the cloud of heaven. You're going to see him in your heart coming with the cloud of heaven. That cloud are those triumphant saints that accompany with him. Did you get that? This is what is called the cloud of witnesses. In Hebrews 12.1, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So the real Christ come upon faithful, triumphant saints. He rides with them. He rides on them. Like he wants to ride on every nation Midrand church. It's a white cloud. What is the opposite of a white cloud from heaven? It is dark cloud of the earth which represents falsehood and perversion and distortion. Christ does not ride on the cloud of the earth. He rides on the cloud of heaven. And it is the glory he brings through his faithful saints that we're, we're pressing into. The last part. Can you pray in tongues? <laughs> Say, Lord Jesus, I want to see you. I want to see your glory as never before. I want to see you glorify. I want another dimension of your glory. The glory that is about to be revealed. Let it be released upon me in my life now. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. I can feel your amen. So they, let me see how I tidy this up. This last one. The, to receive this glory, this next dimension of glory, which I said, you are the verge of it being released. You are, you just about experiencing. I can, I can just see like, it's like there's an automatic door, and you already step on the place that activate that door to open. That's what I see. You are at the verge of entering into the glory of Christ as it has never been revealed. You've experienced some in the past. And this is why you cannot be locked up whether in past success or failure. Whether it's pain of disappointment or pleasure of, of appointment or whatever. No, no, no. There's something about it. Philippians says, you forget the things that are behind. 
And you press toward his ahead. The next dimension of glory is not behind us. It's before us. Our better days are not behind us. They're before us. And let me quickly chip it in. Part of what activates, part of what orchestrates, part of what engineers you into that glory and make the glory come on you is what we don't like. Affliction. Crisis. Persecution. Rejection. Isolation. Being misunderstood. Stigmatization. Is a prerequisite for greater for you to move from glory to glory. The TO between the two glory, glory to the TO is total opposition. You can't move from one level of glory to another without experiencing that tension, that storm. That's why I just spoke to you. You need peace in the midst of that storm. Because it's part of the vehicle to carry you to that next glory. Listen to me. Because of time, I'll just, I'll just quote scriptures. I'll do Bible speaking, not Bible reading. Right. First Peter 4.1 says, I'm yourself, therefore. I'm your mind to suffer. So I'm glad the church has suffered some disturbance this year. Otherwise, you are not qualified for the next glory. I don't know about some African countries where you can make generous without them ever getting to the war front. I'm glad you didn't get that. Africa produced the largest number of generals that have never been to war front. We've produced uh, a feed master from the comfort of his bedroom. Just walk up one day and say, I'm feed master. In better climb, for you to move to the next rank, you must have marks of having gone to tough battles. You don't carry greater mantle without going through serious battle. Did you hear that? The greater the mantle you are to carry, which is your rank, the more the battle and the struggle, the more fierce and intense. So, First Peter 4 says, get your mind ready for affliction, for crisis, to be disrupted. He said, and don't think it's strange when it's happening. How dare you think Christ suffered crisis and you will be Christian, Christian, and you escape crisis. The Lord told me, Aren't you thinking of yourself too big than Jesus? Who are you? Christ was misunderstood. Christ was rejected. Christ was maligned. Christ, are you getting what I'm saying? They lied upon him. They hated him. They spat on him. They crucified him. And I just want, me and no go so far. Get your mind ready. But that's not what I want to do. Verse 14. First Peter 4 says, When you suffer, the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. 
So that next, that glory about to be revealed is the reason for all your crisis. Is the reason of, for all your affliction. Because if you don't suffer, the spirit of glory cannot work, cannot rest on you. Suffering is what tears away, remove unnecessary attachment that will not allow the garment of glory to fit. God has to strip us. Like before they make a high priest, they have to strip him of his old garment and put a new garment. When you suffer, the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So, congratulations for all you have suffered. I just pray before any other suffering will come, you must experience the next glory that you have suffered for. Praise the Lord. I feel God about what I'm speaking. I feel God about what I'm speaking. That's why be grateful for the delay, for the denier, for the disruption. Be grateful for the affliction. Be grateful for the questioning, for, for the mockery. Be grateful. Because that's part of your resume for the glory about the believer. So let's end. Let's end with first, first, first Corinthians. I'll give you first Corinthians and first Peter. You can do a homework. In first Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4, he says, I thank God for the grace that has been given to you. Come on, talk to me. Say, grace has been given to me. There is a basic grace that is given to every believer in Christ. Once you come to Christ, the first thing, there is a deposit of grace. Grace, you don't work for it. Amen? So Paul was writing to the Corinthians, saying, I thank God for that first deposit of grace that's given to you. He said, because that grace is what equips you so much that you come behind in no gift. Powerful. That the grace that is given to you as a believer enriches you in every dimension. Are you listening? Then he goes further that this grace enriches you and equips you that you come behind in no gifts as to wait for the revelation of Christ. So grace is given. Do you remember when Paul was suffering? And he said, Lord, take away this thorn in my flesh. Jesus said, my what? My grace. Is uh -huh. Grace is given to you so that when you start going through tension and crisis and suffering because of the glory you are going into, grace will be sufficient to carry you. Grace will equip you to find expression and insight and gift and demonstration of supernatural living. Are you getting what I'm saying? As you wait for Christ to be revealed. Hello. So for the revelation of Christ and his glory, you need an initial grace which you have been given. Whether you are appropriating it or yielding to it to carry you through the tension and the suffering is a case in point. But the grace is there. Paul said, Lord, take away the suffering. I don't want it no more. God said, no, no, the grace is there. Tap to the grace. It's sufficient. Hallelujah. Then Paul said, okay, 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 okay. I say the light affliction, I'm even suffering now because of this grace. The light affliction is not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed. Hallelujah. 
said the glory to be revealed is of great eternal weight. He said so. Now, the grace of God make me realize that this affliction is not. It's light. It's a walkover. So, never forget this. Grace is given to you to equip you to aid your process for the Christ and his glory to be revealed. The last point. First Peter. Right? First Peter chapter 1. Oh, Lord, my God. If on your own, you read verses 7 and 8. It also speaks about a salvation to be revealed. Now, we also think we have salvation already. We're saved. There is, we have been saved, we're still being saved, and we shall be saved. There's a redemption we have now. There's a redemption yet to be revealed. There's a glory we have tasted. There's a glory yet to be revealed. There's a continuum. So the doctrine that feel we got in it all is not accurate. Did you get the point? So, First Peter 1, verses 7 and 8, Peter spoke about, you know, though you suffer whatever you suffer, your faith will be tried like fire, go pass through fire, because it's a salvation. So, the glory to be revealed is also a kind of salvation that will save you from the situation. Did you get the point? The glory, the other side of it is a kind of redemption and salvation. But this is what excites me most. In verse 13 of 1 Peter 1, he says, Get your mind ready for another grace to be brought to you as Christ is revealed. So when you start pressing for the revelation of Christ and his glory, you have to go from grace to grace. That's what changes you from glory to glory. Because you need those grace to grace to carry you through the gaps. But what must be constant for you is this. Regardless of the ups and downs and the delay, it doesn't matter how confusing and how dark it becomes. You know, like it's dark now in Midrand, in South Africa, it's daylight in Australia. When it's raining here, the sun is shining somewhere. So, your customized experience is not a denial of the reality that the glory still exists. You just need a grace that equips you to say what I'm experiencing is temporary. I'm in transit. And what I'm pressing for, I'm looking for, is the glory to be revealed. Is Christ glorified in me? Christ glorified through me, the mind of Christ in me, Christ finding expression through me, regardless of the situation. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit. The time is up. Let's pray in the spirit. Just be yield and begin to say, Lord, I receive your grace for the glory to be revealed. I receive your grace. I receive your grace for the glory to be revealed. For the next level of glory, for the next dimension of glory, I receive your grace. I receive new grace. I embrace your grace. I refuse to lose focus. I refuse to give up. 
I refuse to give that, to go down. I refuse to disconnect. Yes, I keep my eyes on the glory of Christ. Christ and his glory. I thank you for the suffering. I thank you for the affliction. I thank you for the delay. I thank you for the isolation. I thank you for the for everything that I've experienced. The marginalization, the stigmatization. I thank you for the tribulation. I thank you for the persecution. I thank you. I praise your grace for greater glory. I praise the glory of Christ. I am a vessel for the revelation of his glory. I exist to show forth his glory. The church exists to show forth his glory. Yes, Lord, through trial and tribulation. Oh, Lord, through our light affliction, we press into greater weight of glory. Yes, Lord. We receive a new taste of glory. We receive a new taste of glory. We receive a taste, a touch of the power of the end to come. We press into a new day. We press into the realm of the spirit. We press into the day of the glory of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Before I call Pastor Eric to come over. I think I want Pastor Obama to come over. Then after that, Pastor Eric can come. I feel you have something to cheat in. Now I want you to just pray in the spirit. And please say it out. Begin to reject and denounce and cast out every false Christ. Every false Christ trying to set themselves in the heart of believer in the church, in the temple, the abomination of desolation. Everyone that tried to promote themselves as God to take the place of Christ. Every other Lord that seeks to have dominion. Yes, every God that did not create the heavens and the earth. All the self-made Christ. We cast them down. We expose them. We resist them. We enthrone. King of King and Lord of Love. Jesus, the Son of God. The one that ride on the cloud of heaven. We say the kingdom of Christ has come. His salvation has come. His glory and his power has come. We denounce, we dethrone, we displace every first Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to continue to worship. Lift up your voices at this time. Thank you for the glory that will be revealed. The glory that will be revealed. We are on the verge of glory. On the verge of glory. We bless your name. We give you glory, we give you glory, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Powerful, powerful. I want us to read Isaiah 55 or 56. I, I, I don't have my specs, so I'm not seeing. Verse 12. Don't worry, I'll read to you. It might be 56. <laughs> says you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and hills will burst into song before you 
You know what I love about this scripture and the word we've heard today? The same mountains that were snickering and laughing. The same mountains that stood before us. The same mountains that looked like they were not going to allow us move to the next level. The Bible says these mountains and the hills will burst into song before us. The same mountains will, in other words, as you are moving into your next level of glory, the mountains that stood before you will explode with praise. The same mountains will explode. And the Bible says the trees will begin to clap their hands. Do you know what it means? It means that the very things that opposed you, because you stood your ground, because you declared that this will not change anything, when you begin to enter into the next level of glory, they'll begin to clap for you. They'll begin to applaud you. They'll say you stood your ground. And for that reason, you are going into your next level. I want us to lift up our voices and begin to give God thanks at this time. Begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the next level. The next level of glory. That place where the mountains and the hills will begin to rejoice. That place where the trees will clap. We bless your name. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We thank you for the next level. We thank you for revelation of Christ in and through our lives. In and through our lives. The revelation of Christ. The revelation of glory. We bless you. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for what a powerful word. What a powerful word. Every time Pastor Sam comes, he comes to introduce us to the next level. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I know in my life that every time he makes an appearance, it is time for the next level. So it doesn't matter what has been happening, it's your next level. Tell someone, I see you shining. I see you shining. I see you shining. Amen. It's your next level. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.